0: And now, live, it's time. Which team, by colors alone, is identifiable around the world? It's time for the JT The Brick Show. Which team, by slogan, commitment to excellence? On Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Just win, baby. All those things are the Raiders. Here's your host, JT The Brick.
1: Out of the gate, JT with you as we begin another day on Raider Nation Radio. What will be the mood of JT today? High, very low, in the middle. I don't know. It's been a rough week. I almost put myself in Twitter jail for my Rodney Hudson pre-tweet before the show yesterday. That really hit me back hard. Man, did I have to... Thank God I got a radio show, two of them, to go clean up my old takes and bad tweets. A lot of people don't do that. They have a bad tweet. I think my worst, maybe my worst... In Raider history, but I got to clean it up. Got to get on the radio and take the pain, as they did, as Tom Berenger said, in platoon. And, uh, yeah, that, that was rough yesterday, saying goodbye to Rodney, who technically isn't goodbye just yet, as Jocena Anderson, Vic Tafer, everybody's talking about the technicality of Rodney and Gabe Jackson. We'll get into that. We'll talk about the new Raider wide receiver that was brought in. And what we'll do here is we'll test the temperature of the Raider Nation today that has been one hell of an Henry Henry bunch lately and I love it I had a friend tweet me earlier today who is not in the black hole but he's in another fan base not there's only one black hole there's only one black hole but it's a, a big tailgate group that I hang out with and he said to me hey man it must be really you must not like this anymore or He said, it's not, let me find the text. He said, it doesn't seem like it's as much fun as it's been since you came in, when you came in back in the late 90s. And I said, just the opposite. It's much more fun now. I live in Vegas. The Raiders are here. In 98, when I was hired by the Raiders, same day John Gruden was hired, (laughs) let that sink in, same exact day. When you look back at 98, When I came to the team, they were building for the Super Bowl. They went to the Super Bowl, two AFC championships. One, they lost against the Ravens on the Shannon Sharp. Where was Anthony Dorsett? Long touchdown. The Tuck Rule. I was on the air at Ricky's for the Tuck Rule. Who else do you know on on Raiders Radio can say that? And then the Super Bowl, as I broadcast from the Super Bowl. And my kids were born in 2001 and 2003, and they're Raider fans. So when I started with the Raiders, I didn't have kids, let alone kids who were Raiders fans. Now my kids get to go to games and meet the players, and they're going to be able to go to the new stadium. So I'm loving life. I'm loving this, and there's highs and lows, and there are days that are better, better than others. But what I try to do every day is do a hell of a radio show. Give you everything I have, have a lot of passion and energy. Put on these great guests. John Clayton, the professor, at the top of the hour. Pastor Napoleon Kaufman, former Raider running back at the bottom of the hour. And then I try to mix in your phone calls, which have been really interesting lately. Very good phone calls, but a lot of pissed off people. And that's what happens here. When you're in the hospitality business, you ever go to the front desk of a hotel during COVID? Ask them what they think. You ever go to an airport? Have you been to an airport since COVID and gone to check in? Ask those people behind the counter what life's been like. Ask people what it's been like in the service industry, which I am on radio. I'm here to serve, serve the Raider Nation. I'm just here to make sure the phones are working, right? They're plugged in and give you an opinion-based show with my opinions and your opinions. Very simple. And there are days now where the customers are a little bit more ornery than other days. You see that in restaurants. You see it everywhere. And the Raider Nation has been one ornery bunch to say the least, the last couple of days. Rodney Hudson, Trent Brown, whatever it is. Whatever it is, everybody's complaining. Everybody's complaining about Gruden, Mayock, and every once in a while you get a good phone call where someone who sees the big picture thinks the team is in a good place, and they're doing everything they can possibly to make the team better. That's all it is, it's really simple when you think about it. What do you think the team is doing right or wrong, and how the team accomplishes their goal to win a championship. That's all we're trying to do here every day is get your opinion on all of that. And then if there's breaking news, in the last 29 minutes, I mean, Ian Rappaport has great you know, insiders inside the Raider building. Ian Rappaport, 13 minutes ago, the Raiders are re-signing offensive lineman Denzel Good to a two-year deal. So with all the likely departures, they keep one home. Ian Rappaport, 29 minutes ago, the Raiders are expected to re-sign Zay Jones per sauce, keeping the former Bills wide receiver around another year. So when you go down the list here of what's being reported, what the insiders are talking about, and the Raiders have really good insiders. I mean, Vic Tafer, Vinny Bonsignor, Paul Gutierrez, Bill Williamson, uh, the ones that you find here on the show are really good. Outstanding. We'll see what plays out here if there's more. Vic Taffer, 22 minutes ago. Rodney Hudson is gone, but the Raiders have not officially cut him yet. Can they still move him in a trade? Josina Anderson says they're trying to pick up a second-day draft pick for him. All right, that, that, means, that doesn't mean much to me. It might mean a lot to Mike Mayock, who wants a second-day draft pick. And then the news today. Uh, defensive tackle Jonathan Hankins is back for the Raiders on a one-year deal. I'm fine with that. I think he's a serviceable, at times good defensive tackle, and I think they're going to draft a defensive tackle pretty high because there's a lot of defensive tackles that will be available not only at 17 but later on in the draft, and that will be good. And then we saw the news today of the signing of wide receiver John Brown from the Buffalo Bills and the Raiders get more speed in former Bills receiver John Brown. So I reached out to my sources inside the Bills building. Not writers, not sports talk hosts, but people within the Bills. One got back to me saying Josh loved him. That would be Josh Allen. He was his go-to guy. Now, Diggs was his star guy. Diggs is the superstar. But Josh Allen really liked the play of Brown at wide receiver kind of the way that Derek Carr loved Nelson Aguilar, right? So this is a replacement, not identical to Nelson Aguilar, but much cheaper than what Aguilar got to go to New England on that two-year deal. So we're looking at all of this now. As the Raiders brought in Yannick Ngakwe, which I told you they would bring in. I've been beating that drum for almost a year and a half. That's the player I wanted. That's my guy, Yannick Ngakwe. They got an edge rusher, no excuse. I think he has some of the ability of Khalil Mack off the edge I really do he could be that great for the Raiders but not Mac but in the conversation of a guy who can get 10 plus sacks and do a really good job I'm a Max Crosby guy okay I know there's a lot of talk and Vinny I listen to Vinny's show and he says that Cleveland's the better player than Max he's just a different player a bigger name the fourth pick overall I respect Vinny's opinion a lot I like Max I like what Max does a lot on one of the other edges So with Hankins, what they're doing in the middle, what they're going to get, they're 100%, 100% getting an edge rusher in the draft. It's either going to be an outside linebacker or or another edge rusher, and I think they're going to get a defensive tackle. The priority would be a, a deep safety, but coming out of college, a deep safety. I've been down that road before with Jonathan Abram. I'd like to see a proven guy who can come in and make plays. So let's get to the move that they made at receiver. And if you're okay with John Brown, because, again, as I opened up the show, many Raider fans on social media are not happy about John Brown. They wanted A.J. Green, who ends up signing with Arizona. I mean, I might have been off today. I might have been in a bucket of Modelo's already in the pool in the backyard if they got A.J. Green. That's a guy I would have loved to have seen. And I don't think the price was out of control. I think the price I'd love to know if the Raiders were in the hunt for A.J. Green. But John Brown comes in, and he's a guy, when healthy, and he's got to be healthy. Uh, most of his career, he's been healthy. He came in with Arizona in uh, his first year of 2014. Uh, he played in all 16 games. He started five of them, and he had, he had a hell of a year. 48 receptions, 696 yards, five touchdowns coming into the league. would you love to trade that rookie year with Henry Ruggs III? I think you would. Just look at the numbers there. Second year, he had 65 receptions for 1,003 yards, seven touchdowns. That was a good year. 2019 with Buffalo, he had 72 receptions, 1,060 yards. Last year, he got hurt. He only played in nine games, started eight, but was productive in those games, and 458 yards. You got to think if he played the whole season, he would have had another 1,000-yard season there. And now he's completely healthy and they get him back. So what will his role be? He's a speed guy. So he'll be on the outside opposite of Ruggs. And they'll they'll be able to split those two guys wide. If you look at Edwards, I think Edwards is going to have a really good year. He's a big guy who can make big plays. I think they're developing him. Everybody that I talk to thinks that Edwards is going to be a beast. Especially as they work with him, work with him, work with him on red zone routes along with Darren Waller. You should have Waller running red zone routes with Edwards, two really big targets that can go up and get 50-50 balls if Derek Carr needs to throw it up there. So they get a serviceable, uh, I think a good, cheap, wide receiver who should be able to come in and do his job. And You know, Juju Smith-Schuster or some of the other names out there a little bit more expensive. You never know. I, I think the Raiders have room for another receiver. They only signed John Brown at $3.75 million, with a little bit of upside on the back end of that deal. And they added another speed guy that, where Carr can throw a deep ball, a deep ball, and he can run under it. I mean, some of the highlights and throws from Josh Allen were pretty electric here. So you got to hope that John Brown puts up Aguilar numbers. I'm not saying he will, but that's a hope that they bring him in. And you got to hope that Ruggs numbers go through the roof. The other big signing, Nicholas Morrow. Who played well last year? He surprised me. I did not think he was going to play at a level like this, and I did not think that he'd get another contract. I'm happy he is. His deal, according to Vic Taffer, is a one-season, five million dollar deal, four point five million guaranteed, as he and Rappaport tweeted. So with the Raiders going with veteran receiver John Brown, getting Yannick Ngakwe, making some of the moves that they had before the league opened today. I think they did okay. They lost Rodney Hudson, which is devastating to me because he's a captain. He's a great player. But everybody's now, it, it took the Raider Nation two or three days to, I think, realize the gravity of the cap and what they're trying to do and how they believe that they're going to be able to jump in. And they're not going. The philosophy has changed on the offensive line, which is really interesting for me because I, don't, I think I'm the only guy that I know of who's been saying, I like Tom Cable a lot, and this is not on Tom Cable, it's on the players. I've been saying for years that this old line's overrated. I mean, Lewis Riddick even tweeted out, he went up to Napa a couple of years ago and saw the practice, the legendary practice against the Rams. And remember when Gabe Jackson got hurt and everybody was talking about, oh my God, this is the biggest offensive line of all time. Oh my God, this is the greatest offensive line ever. And I said, on the radio, they're not going to play together. They always get hurt. They always This team, this offensive line, always gets great press before the season, and then someone gets injured, and then another guy's not available. Hasn't that been the scenario for the last couple of years? I don't buy into it. I've never bought into it. You've never heard me on the pregame show with Eric Allen. I need binoculars every time I do the pregame show from the Twitch Lounge to find out who's playing on the offensive line. All week I've been telling you, Trent Brown was a bust. Bad decision, bad contract. They got rid of him. Richie Incognito wasn't available because it was Achilles. It was going to pop and tear. They had to shut him down. He was not available. And we all know that the Raiders now have a lot of confidence in their backup center, and they're going to give him a shot. Andre James can play and certainly was in line to take over for Rodney. I do not support him taking over this year, but he was in line in the building to take over. So everybody who's been freaking out on this, it's about the timing. The fact that the Raiders are taking a cap hit in the process is a bit of a head-scratcher. You can't lose that type of guy and man in the locker room, but feel it. But they had a plan in place for Andre James to eventually take over. And he's a really good player. And Cable loves him. Gruden loves him. Reportedly, I'm hearing everybody in the building loves him. I didn't get a chance to meet him because of COVID. So the offensive line, it's not as bad as you think. It's just cheaper. Get that in your head. I don't support Rodney Hudson being gone. Who do you know does? but you got to understand the process. They went big. They went huge on the offensive line, literally and figuratively. They went heavy, overweight, big, and it didn't work. So now Gruden and Mayock are resetting for financial reasons, and the Raider Nation is exploding. That's That's what's happened. That's the clearest way I can define what has happened here over the last couple of days. It's a money problem. The offensive line was paid too much. They were highly overrated and unavailable to play. Unavailable to play, and you, the Raider fans, are going nuts about this. Well, let's go through the games that the offensive line was available to play. I was also the host of the Raiders draft show when the internet blew up when they took Colton Miller. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. They traded down. Who traded up? Oh, that was Arizona for Josh Rosen. How's he doing? He's pretty much out of the league. They get Colton Miller. Gruden comes on with me and says, JT, if I don't get Colton Miller, I don't have an offensive line. You know what I think of that move from John Gruden a couple of years ago? He was telling me directly on the radio, I don't got an offensive line that's available. They're pretty good. They're in the newspaper. They're everywhere. Everybody puts them up on Sports Center. This great wall. Look at the size of them. They're never available. So now the Raiders have pivoted And they're using money, hopefully, to go build the defense that is highly underachieved. Where am I wrong? I don't like it. I wish Trent Brown wanted to play hard. I wish Trent Brown had 10% of the heart of Lincoln Kennedy. I wish he did. He didn't. Maybe Lincoln Kennedy should have been in the meeting when he was hired because Lincoln Kennedy saw this coming. I wasn't in the meeting. Okay, so Trent Brown didn't work out. I think Mayock and Gruden have gotten a ton of heat for that. And they both admitted it. Uh, Rodney Hudson, great player. You won't hear a peep out of me on Rodney Hudson. I am shocked that he is gone. That was the whole show yesterday. Shocked that he is gone. What what more can I tell you on this? They're going cheaper with a player that they have a lot of trust in. Then you look at good Colton Miller, maybe Richie Incognito coming back. They can get another player, a serviceable player, but they're not going to pay for all those players. They have young players still on rookie deals from Hunter Renfro, Henry Ruggs III, Josh Jacobs. Derek Carr is very cheap compared to some of the quarterbacks out there. Darren Waller has to get paid. We all We're all aware of that. I'm sure they're going to take care of him. So this is what they're doing. They're trying to clean up mistakes they made financially on players who underachieved. And you have the right to talk about that all day long all day long. But if you can't figure out what they're trying to do with the cap, I can't help you. If you can't understand the concept that they don't want to go all in anymore with the great wall of Oakland in Vegas and pay these guys top position money at every position on the offensive line when they only went to the playoffs once under Rodney Hudson and didn't even win that playoff game, I don't know what more to tell you. I wish Rodney Hudson was here today. I really do. I've had great Interviews with him, commitment to excellent award banquets, he's great. And you will only hear, I've only said perfect things about Khalil Mack and Rodney Hudson. Great players. Once a Raider, always a Raider. I'm always interviewing Raiders. These are two great Raiders, and they will let go for business decisions. And the Raiders are still looking for an edge rusher. I think they got him. I'm a Yannick Ngakwe guy. I like the the player a lot. I think he's going to be great. I hope I'm right. I hope he doesn't get injured. I don't predict injuries. But I think he's the type of player that the Raiders need. And I think the Raiders have a backup center that they're ready to groom and who, who will not be Rodney Hudson in year one. But you didn't know anything about Gabe Jackson either, and I didn't. And Gabe Jackson developed into a good player. And now he's very, very, very expensive. And if they can get cheaper at that position and get a player that's not too far off, maybe that's the direction the team's going in. But with everything I just told you, right, here's the monologue. No notes, no writers, no teleprompter, no co-host, no second co-host, no guys clapping, the clappers in the background, none of that, just me. Me, in my home all by myself. As I look at all this, where's the money? Where's the money? Where's it going? Are you going to dump big money on the defense? Are you going to go out and get a free agent safety? Are you going to get more help in the secondary with Richard Sherman or a corner other than losing Rodney Hudson? If the Raiders did not lose Rodney Hudson and brought back the players they brought back, including Nicholas Morrow, bringing in Yannick Ngakwe, bringing in John Brown, I think it's a celebration. If we were doing a remote somewhere, I'd be buying everybody new tequila because we have a brand new tequila sponsor starting next week. I'd be buying y'all a shot of tequila somewhere, but, the energy level right now is very toxic it is it's very negative it's very toxic and i can't do anything about that i can't do anything about that other than just try to keep the show flowing and that's what i'm trying to do 702 if you're positive we'd love to hear from you if you're negative that's all we've been hearing so I'm assuming you're going to call in if you're negative, and we're fine with that. You are, you are the fan of the Raider Nation. You are the diehard fan that put me in this seat. It's not a popularity contest for me. Everybody I meet in person, it's hugs, it's great. If I get a DM or this or that, or I, I, I go back at a troll, it's for a reason of a disgraceful person saying something personal that is uncalled for, and I move on. And I get up every day excited to host the radio show. And today I woke up and I, ooh, turned on the phone, got out of bed, turned on the phone. Don't do it, don't tweet. I tweeted about Rodney yesterday and Kyle Long. I learned my lesson. I learned my lesson. I got beat up. I got put in Twitter jail. They locked the door on me and I had to go clean it up. So did I learn a lesson? I I think I learned a lesson. like Today I said that this guy... You know, John Jones is a solid addition to a solid offense. That's all I did. All right, let's check out those responses here for a second. So I said that John Jones, and because John Brown, excuse me, who I watched play last year, who I think is a pretty good player, he's a speed player, and I think he could come in here and do a nice job in the role that he could do, and and what would happen here, and the responses are incredible dumpster fires dumpster fires Um, what about the offensive line I'm not tweeting about the offensive line I'm, I'm tweeting about the new receiver everybody everybody on my timeline just hammering me it's it's we didn't get an offensive lineman today they wanted Trent Williams today I guess so again I'm just venting want to hear from you today pastor pastor Napoleon Kaufman We'll say a prayer for this radio show, hopefully, in eight minutes. Stick around for that. And we'll get you on the radio here, and we'll keep the show moving. And if there's another player or two that you want, if there's another player or two you want, uh, get into the show right now. Who's the player you want? Who's the player you think the Raiders can target? Richard Sherman is almost out there asking to be signed with his latest tweets. I'll get to that. Corey in Illinois. Start us off, Corey. Hello? Hello? Yeah, you're on the air, Corey. Go ahead.
0: Oh, oh, sorry, JT. I got sorry. I got watching Jen pass My bad. How you been, JT? Long time. I'm since great. Called in, but man, this is some hard pills to swallow these past two days with what this team's doing, man. And all reality, if you want my opinion, I think they're cleaning some house, and moving this offensive line around to bring in another quarterback. Why are you going to take away all Derek Carr's starters? Yes, you were right. I heard what you said about calling about too much money not producing understand, but Gabe Jackson last year, what what he got hurt a couple games. He was almost there all year long. I mean, the guy's been a stud for us. Mm. Rodney Hudson, what's the deal with Rodney? Some, what Him and Derek Carr are like best friends. How are you just going to take the man's center away from him and expect his offense to flow when the offense, everyone's been hollering, is not the problem. It's the defense. But look what we're doing to the offense right now. Again, this is just another scenario of off-season Oakland Raider football that we're supposed to be now Vegas Raiders, and we're still doing the same stuff we did in Oakland. I'm just really confused right now. John Brown, yeah, he was hurt. He had some numbers, yada, yada, yada. But that's not a fix Mm -hmm. for Derek Carr on an offense when he has no – you just said having Aguilar and Mm -hmm. Ruggs on the outside. Right now with Ruggs, I don't even know if Ruggs can even make a roster next year.
1: Well, he can. He can. And if you and listen, if you're gonna come on this show and trash the twelfth pick overall in the draft and say he's not gonna be on a roster, oh, I can't drafted. I can't help you. No, 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 no. I can't drafted. help you. No, you are saying that. You, you what you're doing is you're looking at the worst case scenario for Ruggs after a rookie year where he got hurt and he came in there and he wasn't the go to target. Aguilar played great. Waller broke the See, single TV season had reception wide wide record.
0: Receivers. We had fourth-round wide receivers on other teams last year that doubled the numbers that that man I'm put not up. debating
1: that. He's a rookie on a five-year deal, potentially, who could be franchise-tagged. I'm not judging so. Ruggs. Hold on. Hold on, Corey. Hold on, so. Corey. Hold on, Corey. Hold on, Corey. I'm yep, not sir. judging Ruggs long-term on his rookie year during COVID-19 and the world being shut down. I'm not judging him on that just yet. If he has a really bad year and they get off of him, I'll remember your phone call. I'm not judging them either. I'm hoping. But right now,
0: Sean's rugs over there. You can't really, that can't make you be JT, you know, I've called, man, this, is, this isn't this is just two or three years. This is 40 years. This is a good 24 years in all the Raiders. I'm not doing a this. show
1: about 24 years, Corey. These are, these I, I'm are, not these doing, are. I'm doing a show about this season going forward. If I had to do a show about the last 10 or 15 years or the last 40 years and we have the legends and the Hall of Famers on, appreciate the call. We try to give you everything. If you want to be doom and gloom and go back to Jamarcus Russell and fit that in on your call, you can do it. And you did. You you, you toasted rugs, and and you're saying that this is old Oakland Raider failed football, and you had the opportunity to talk about it. But be clear on what I said in the monologue on what they're trying to do financially, and everybody cannot stay here at the price that they were, due into the cap and how they're trying to rebuild the defense. And I thought that they still should have – I mean, the Rodney Hudson thing is shocking to me because of how late it happened. And it shouldn't have happened this late. And there's probably more to the story. And when we have Gruden on and Mayock, we will ask him directly, like I always do, even though some people think I'm laying down a bed of roses and I should come in with a guillotine and get fired for asking a sports radio question and end my career on this. We'll ask him the tough questions like I did with Gruden all year. All Gruden did was come on with me 18 times, owning every negative story possible about his play calling, COVID, why the team was losing games, why they couldn't finish. I did an exclusive interview on SiriusXM. It's up there for everyone to see. He answered everything. And, again, he's getting heat on this one, and he can handle the heat. 702-365-9200. Let's get to 211 Steel Reserve.
2: What's up JT? What's up JT? That's just you know what? That's I mean the Raider Nation is like that. It's always divided. You got the car haters and the car lovers and it's just down, it's all the way down through the team from the bottom to the top. That's just the nation is that's how the Raider Nation is as of late. I'm with you. I see what they're doing. You know what? They paid this O-line so much money and they only played together a handful of games. They were only healthy together a handful of games. Think about that. All that money. I see what Gruden's doing. You know what? It hurts because I like I like him too. I like Hudson. Don't get me wrong, but mm. you got a guy that you're going to bring up that eventually he's going to have to step in. So you know what? Why not do it now? If you think highly of him, you're going to have to turn the page on Hudson eventually. Anyway. Yeah, I disagree you know on
1: that. I disagree on that. Hudson should not be gone. Hudson was no, the captain I, of the team. He's one of the great players. Saying. He should be here. I don't mean he should be gone, but I see like it was going to happen down the road,
2: but I agree he should be here. I'm not saying that I, I, I agree with the move at all, but the the Rugs thing is crazy because I remember Jerry Rice's year wasn't first year wasn't great either. So uh, to say that Rugs uh, would make a start, uh, uh, be on a team or be a starter, that's that's crazy. But now that they sound they're going to sign good or they signed them already. I I you know what I'm feeling better. Yesterday was it was it was a shocker, no doubt. But I, I you know what I'm gonna hold my head up and we're still gonna be there.
1: Yep, thanks for the call, appreciate it. All right, so that's the monologue again. A nice little rocket ride as we open up the show. Brought to you by P.T.'s, the best happy hour in town, where you should be for every Golden Knights game as this team is on the road to the Stanley Cup. They got every special you could have, every... I mean, the games are on during happy hour. Half-price drinks, 5 to 7, midnight to 2. You can start your pregame at P.T.'s, stay for the postgame and hit two happy hours and watch the Golden Knights as they are an official partner of your Vegas Golden Knights. Napoleon Kaufman, once a Raider, always a Raider, next. Richard alongside Carr, who's back into the gun. Carr takes a snap from Hudson, looks into the end zone, can't find anybody. Sprints over to the left, still looking, fires, end zone... Diving catch, but there's a flag. It's a touchdown, Renfro, but there is a flag. Oh, it was good. The godfather, Brent Musburger, and Lincoln Kennedy on the call. This portion of the show brought to you by Remy Martin. Remy Martin wants to remind you that when you and your friends are celebrating your bracket wins, to make sure you celebrate with a Remy Martin cognac, Remy Martin VSOP, 1738, and XO are all teamed up for excellence. Are you Remy Martin, team up for excellence responsibly. Pastor Napoleon Kaufman, great former Raider running back, kind enough to join us again. Pastor Kaufman, I need a prayer. I need your vision. I need you to send me a prayer to calm the Raider Nation down during free agency. Can you begin with a blessing for your friend JT?
3: Oh, my goodness. It's crazy what's going on, huh? (laughs)
1: <laughs> it'll be all good you know how this goes you know what the off season is like you've been down this road before overall big picture just in general for you and as a foot performer player what's it like at the end of the season when you know the organization has got to make free agent tra- uh, changes before the draft and some of your teammates might be gone
3: you know it's always tough you know i think that was one of the toughest parts for me jt just just, um, just because you just you just develop these relationships, and uh, these are normal people, you know, you know they got families, they got wives, they got children, and then with everything that is uh, swirls around with social media now. Back when I played, we didn't have, you know, all the, the the social media outlets and everything, but you know, guys would read the newspaper and hear about these things. So it makes it extremely tough, and uh, that human side, obviously. Kicks in because you're thinking about this. And then, from a coaching standpoint, is my coach coming back? What's the scheme going to be like? Is Al, is Al Davis going to fire the coach? You know, so all, all that stuff kind of comes into your mind in December, January, February, you know?
1: Yeah, and you mentioned social media, so you didn't have to deal with that. Very interesting no. from TV, radio, and print media, the paper. So you can really go back in time before social media, which was a brilliant time, but knowing that you had to count on others to find out what the rumors were back then.
3: Yeah. That, and that made it kind of tough, you know, because you sometimes you would hear your name swirling or you would hear somebody else's name swirling. And so it, uh, it was a little bit different, but now with social media, I think to me personally, I think it, it creates even more anxiety because information's being pushed out. Not all the information is true and then, you know, as a player, you're, you're thinking about your future, too. Are they going to cut me for, for cap reasons? Or are they going to keep me? You know, all that stuff goes through your mind, and then information is being pumped out. And, unfortunately, not all this stuff is, uh, is true.
1: Napoleon Kaufman is our guest. So take me back in the day. Washington MVP, the unbelievable run you had in college as a Husky, then you come to the Raiders. What was your early expectations as the Pac-10 Offensive Player of the Year in 94 coming to the Raiders in the first round, the 18th pick? It, it sounds similar to Josh Jacobs coming where he was picked in the first round, selected out of Alabama. What were the pressures and expectations like for you?
3: Well, for me, you know, it was uh, it was just I, – I was just sharing with my buddy uh, Andre Ward. We were just talking – And I I was just sharing with him how, in my mind, I can remember sitting in my room during training camp, and I was actually rooming with Tim Brown, and Tim, he happened to kind of talk to me because there was an adjustment that I had to make with my game from the college to the pros because everybody's fast, guys know how to take excellent angles, they're physical some of the things that I could do in college, I just could not do at the next level. And I had to make adjustments so that I could, you know, obviously be effective on that level. So just talking to Timmy, I, I just remembered that, like, hey, I can't just outrun everybody. So I had to incorporate a little bit more of my elusiveness, got, get stronger, because I was going to have to block Junior Seau and, and you know, Lebron Kirkland, some of these guys that were huge. So there was just adjustments. And if kids are smart, they'll make those adjustments during training camp, uh, in the off season. really scrutinize their game because you can't just do what you did in
1: college. Napoleon Kaufman is our guest. I did not know about you rooming with Timmy. And Timmy has such yeah. a strong faith. You have such a strong faith yeah. as a pastor was was that what, what was that connection like why was he a roommate and what came out of that training camp with you and him up at night talking football
3: well it was great you know for me and him um you know at that time it was it was very interesting because i was just so consumed with trying to get like i said get my game right and there were games like I mean, individuals like tim brown um and and others that I just kind of watched how they carried themselves as pros, how they were able to balance things out in terms of um, their home life and then also what they were doing in terms of their professional life. And so those guys were invaluable. I, I don't know why exactly, but they, uh, they put me with Timmy, and he was my roommate. They put me under his tutelage, and he, he was a great model for me.
1: Yeah, I I didn't know that. That is a great story. Now, I want to get through and talk about your greatest game. October 19th, 97, week 8. You rushed for 227 yards. That breaks Bo Jackson's record on that famous Monday night game. That Bronco team eventually won the Super Bowl. What worked that night? Mm -hmm. Tell me about your O-line, what you were seeing, and a couple of those big rushes that added up to 227.
3: You know, one of the things that I just loved about Joe B- Bugle is that he loved to run the ball. You know what I mean? And then we know he was a, you know, offensive line coach. He wanted to be physical. He wanted to get after teams. And there was just something that we saw from a scheme standpoint that uh, put us uh, in a great position to take advantage of the scheme that day. And I, and I just, it was just clicking, and and the offensive line was just working. And then early on, we were able to pop a couple long runs, and then I think they just gave us a lot of confidence. So we were able just to get after those guys. And then the way in which our defense played that game was tremendous because they really got after John Elway and uh, kind of slowed things down. So so we got it. So it was, it was just an all-around great game. Um, it, it still came down to the – down to the end, Timmy had to catch that pass to get us the, the, a first down so we could run out the clock. But uh, the run game, I mean, it was just – it was just. once we hit a couple early, I knew I said, man, we might be able to go over 200 yards this game. And I got excited, Jake. <laughs> oh,
1: I, I could tell. I, I know I, I saw you. You were so kind to me when I came to the team. And whenever, whenever I saw you on the sidelines in Oakland, and I, I just can't believe we lost the season – of seeing you on the sidelines in Las Vegas. One more on Mm -hmm. football before we go to what you're doing. I want to ask you about the early Gruden years for you, what you saw coming in on the coaching transition, his early years, and now he's back being the head coach. And once again, he's in an off season trying to rebuild this roster, which is a challenge for any coach in the league, especially in a brand new market like Las Vegas. Yeah,
3: you know, I I think that – I think that it's it's really interesting to see how things have have transpired. I think that the, obviously we got some some nice young players, but the problem is, to me, it just seems like when it comes to the to the the free agents that we're getting, we're not getting that. Um, we haven't been consistent in getting guys that really can help us from a free agency standpoint that are more mature. So now we're trying to wait through these younger guys to kind of get their feet wet. And you know, every year, other teams aren't waiting for you to get ready. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? So what happens is, so what happens is these guys are going to be really great players. They're going through this process of growth, but, uh, but we need some more veteran guys. It looks like to really, to really, um, to really give us some stability. But, and it seems like John is trying to do that, but, when you just look at what's happened, is he just hasn't hit a lot on some great free agents that are more mature.
1: Napoleon Kaufman joins us, pastor of the Well Christian community at Well Family. And you can follow him on Twitter at Napoleon Kaufman. Now, finally, I want to talk to you about faith, because a lot of people now okay. aren't able to go to their house of worship. We have a beautiful church where I live here. In Summerlin, where my son goes to high school, it's it's tremendous, Mm -hmm. and we're a family that goes to church, and it's been stunted here during COVID, and it's had an effect on my life. It's part of a routine that I'd like to get back to more and more. What are you telling to individuals who haven't been able to connect with their church, their house of worship, their synagogue? They haven't been able to do what they need to do, and maybe they're not losing their faith, but they're not consistently following it as closely as they were.
3: Well, I think that you know, obviously, during this time, um, you know obviously our connection is to one another, but most importantly, our connection is to the Lord. And so what I'm trying to do here at my church is is help us to really understand that during this time where we cannot congregate and gather like we normally would, make sure you just continue to deepen your relationship with God with through prayer, through studying the word, through through spending intimate time through getting yourself alone with God and just really allowing yourself to develop that intimacy. And then um, take advantage of the social uh, media outlets that are available, YouTube, Twitter. If your church is on those and is streaming their services, um, tune in. And when you tune in, tune in, try to tune in without distraction. So you can continue to be fed, stay connected to your church, and then uh, continue to grow Is is God wants you to grow so I just think that those are the two big things for me that I look at is because our church we have 50 ministries in our church we're ministering all over the world but we're able to still access people through YouTube through Facebook through Instagram we're still able to connect with people on that way and uh, uh, and for us as a church has been good because people are tuning in and so it's just really encouraging and they're staying connected that way. So those are the two things that I always say, J T, so people can continue to grow.
1: Well, I'm proud to call you a friend. What a career you had with the Raiders! Once a Raider, always a Raider. Where'd you do with what'd you do with your legacy brick when Mark Davis sent you the brick? Where'd you put it?
3: Man, I got it in my office. I was so blessed, man. I, I was I got it in my office. I was grateful, and uh, you know, I hey, I'm Raider Nation all the way. Ever since I I, grew, I came out of the womb a Raider, man.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, thanks for doing this. I was serious about saying a prayer for my show and my Twitter feed. Keep an eye on me. Okay. Yeah. Make sure, make sure I you will. guide me the right way and get me through this off season.
3: Man, you know, you're my guy, man. You know, you're my guy.
1: Take care, buddy. Good talking to you. All the best. Uh, all right, buddy. Thank you. You bro. got it. There he is. Napoleon Kaufman. What a player. I really just a great Husky brought to you by Remy Martin. Cause My Remy Martin guy, Torrey, is a legendary Husky, so we appreciate that. But incredible run that he had with the Raiders. And that two twenty-seven game is really a game that no Raider fan will ever forget. It's one of the great moments, great games in Raider history, individually for any player who ever played for this great organization. Colton and Phoenix, thanks for holding. You're up next. Go ahead.
4: JT, nice to talk to you again. Great show so far. Napoleon... What a great player, exciting plays, great person, great interview, sir. Uh, real quick, I have a few points, but I don't want to take too much of your time. So, you know, the offensive line, I just think everyone's worried about, obviously. You know, we had car insurance. That was a big thing. Kind of feels like we went from State Farm to the general, to be honest. But, you know, James could work out. Um I'm not just losing faith completely, but I just kind of want your take because, you know, I was around for Gruden's first go around, had all the confidence in the world he was going to win us a championship, which he clearly would have if we wouldn't have traded him. And, you know, you can't help but be a little bit shaken with what's happened. Um, Mayock was my number one draft guy always. We brought him on board. And let's be honest, our free agency's been lacking. Our drafts haven't been great the last two years with Mayoc, at least so far, you know, it's too early mm-hmm. to give up on these guys. But the morale stuff is really concerning me. You know, you're hearing about players not necessarily all in, not necessarily wanting to be on the team. And, uh, you know, I respect you a lot as a Raider insider, and I just kind of, in closing, want to get your take on this whole morale debate. Do you just think this yeah. is more about finances, or is there something to all this
1: smoke? Well, I'm interested. Thanks for the call. I'm interested to hear what Rodney has to say. Because if Rodney requested to come out and give up his guarantees and he wanted out of here because they weren't winning, you know, that that's something Rodney's going to have to say. I know Rodney from a professional level and a couple of private events from him. So I don't know exactly where Rodney's head was at. I think that's a fair question. It would be a question I would address, me personally, to Mike Mayock or Coach Gruden on what soured with Rodney or if he was just a cap casually, because they wanted him to take a cut or renegotiate or whatever it's going to be. It doesn't make sense to me doing this as long as I've been doing it, especially with the Raiders, on the hit that they're taking, losing a player so important like Rodney Hudson. I mean, the cover of the Las Vegas Review-Journal today, Offensive Line Might Need Facelift by Vinny. I listened to Vinny's show yesterday talking about some of the changes that are happening here. I don't see the morale issue, but I can tell you that I know it's hard to play for Gruden. He demands greatness. He's a Super Bowl winning coach, and he's a guy that when he was working in the booth, he was meticulous. He climbed to the top of the industry I'm in, media. He climbed to the top of it because he's a perfectionist and he wants to win. And he doesn't take crap. And when guys are in the training room and in the tub, not Rodney, but other guys, he's not happy. He wants people that he's paying, and he's getting a lot of money. But if you're going to pay these guys all this money and they're not reliable, who gives a crap if they're happy every Wednesday or Thursday when they should be on the practice field? Gruden couldn't get these guys on the practice field during COVID for a number of reasons. Good grief. Everyone's screaming about the signing of Aguilar a year ago too. I was here for it. I remember. It's ridiculous. You can't judge Ruggs. You can't judge Littleton, who I've been hard on. And the likes during COVID. The Raiders experienced more challenges last year than any other team, moving an entire organization from Oakland. No mini camps, no offseason. There aren't any excuses. Those are just facts. And they were on pace to win 10 games. And the wheels came off at the end. On a couple of games, first and goal at the four with Mariota. They don't get it in. And then the Ryan Fitzpatrick miracle, miracle throw. But that's a 10-win season. So I'm looking at this team that should have tripped over the finish line with 10, made the playoffs, could have won a playoff game, beat Kansas City in Kansas City, and now they bring in Yannick Ngakwe. They're going to draft, I hope, well, because they're going to be more focused on defense. They bring back Morrow. They lose Hudson. And they're trying to bring other guys in. They bring Kyle Long in for a workout. Let's see what happens there. They're grinding. And they're grinding under a lot of criticism and I think they're well aware of it all right when we come back we'll wrap it up quickly John Clayton wow the professor at the top of the hour the great John Clayton I'll ask him about some of these Raider moves and all the news on Russell Wilson on what's going on really big deal that the Bears offered three first round picks now those picks weren't great picks they're not high first round picks plus two starters For Russell Wilson to a city where he said he and his wife would go to Chicago. And Pete Carroll shut it down. That's a big story we need to get into. JT, brought to you by Salmon Ash. SalmonashLaw.com, 702-820-1234.